God be with you. Just because I'm feeling self-conscious of this, the observant ones of you will notice I am wearing exactly the same thing I wore last night to the turkey supper. It's not because I slept at the church. Our in-laws were visiting. They had our room, and I couldn't go and get new clothes for this morning. So I, I had no choice this morning but to put on the same things that I had on last night. So you can stop wondering about that. But now that we've cleared the air, uh, this morning we are at the very end of our sermon series where we're exploring the parables of Jesus um, and asking how these parables can change how we live, move, and have our being in the world. And now before we get to the last one, and I know I'm going to throw you on the spot right now, and I know you don't like that, uh, but this is something I've always wanted to... Excuse me. There's like months of sermons down here. I just knocked them all over. All right, sorry. Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot, uh, but this is something I always want to ask and want to make more room for as we go on down the road together. But do you have any questions about certain parables that we've heard? Is there anything kind of percolating in your heads that you just have not been able to get rid of? Is there something that you've been wondering about, something that you've heard? Not rhetorical. It's okay if you don't, uh, but I want to make sure that you guys know that uh, if you ever do hear anything or have anything on your mind, feel free to email us, call us, tweet us, and I'll make sure that we create some room in the service. And I think it would be very cool if we occasionally had like a Ask Anything Sunday um, at the end of a, of a series where you could bring forward some of your questions and observations about things that we've talked about and learned. So if you ever have anything, uh, contact us and we'll bring it up in front of the church because if you're asking it, uh, I'm sure somebody else is asking it too. And we can throw it out in front of the congregation together. But today, uh, for our last parable before jumping into Advent... I was rumbling with which one we should do, and I looked at the long list of the ones that we have left, and there was one parable that stood out in particular, and it stood out because I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone ever preach on it. And I was wondering why that was, and maybe, maybe it's just like a really boring parable, you know, that somehow through the whole putting together of the Bible still made it through, because you can't edit out something that Jesus said. But after spending some time with the parable, I'm wondering now if the real reason we never hear this parable preached is for the opposite reason. It's actually a really good parable. It's one that provokes and challenges us in a way that most of us want nothing to do with. And we'd rather have nothing to do with it because this parable, I think, draws us into a really thick real and difficult tension that we as people of faith and spirituality and certainly as the church need to not only be aware of but learn to live within. So today, my friends, I think we will talk about uh, that parable nobody preaches about, a truth we all know but will never say out loud, that Rolling Stones song and embracing the whole.
Sound all right? All right. Uh, But first, why don't we say a prayer? Uh, Let's bow our heads. Uh, So God, we turn this time to you. You know what's going on in our world and lives. We ask that you quiet our hearts, free us from distraction and discomfort, and give us a good and hope-filled word. So God, may you do your thing. Amen. So before we go too far, let's walk through the scripture story that Bennett read to us so we can all be on the same page. Our story starts off with Jesus being in some really hot water. Uh, Just before our story happens, Jesus goes down to the temple, and we have that famous scene where he uses a whip to drive out all the people who are selling items for worship, which had basically become this way of limiting access to God for those who could afford to buy and purchase the right things. And then, so Jesus, after driving them all out, he brings in all those who previously could not afford to gain that access to God. Those people who would have to stand outside the temple doors just hoping that God would notice them. And it was this hugely powerful and subversive act, this powerful undoing of the very religious and social foundations of this world, this dramatic declaration that said everyone has equal access to God. And so understandably upset, the religious leaders and authorities, they come up to Jesus, and this is where our story begins. And they want to know what gives him the right. Just who does he think he is? By what authority could he possibly do things like that? And so we have this showdown where Jesus turns the questions back on them, asking, well, what do you guys think about John the Baptist? He was another guy who challenged the religious and social order of the world and got killed for it. And the authorities, they can't say much of anything. Because if they say, well, God was behind John, Jesus will ask them, well, why didn't you believe him? Why did you help get him killed? And if they say, oh, God wasn't behind it, they know the people will be upset because they thought John was a prophet, and that means risking the control and power that the religious leaders have over the people. And so they play it safe. They say, we don't know. And then Jesus tells them a parable. This parable about how a father goes to one of his sons and says, go work in the vineyard. And the son says, no. But later he changes his mind and he goes. Then the father goes to a different son and says, go work in the vineyard. And he's like, sure, but he doesn't. And then Jesus asks the leaders, "Uh, which one did the will of the father? And they say the first one. And here's how Jesus responds. Yes, now hear this. The crooks, the prostitutes, and all the sinners will get into heaven before you do because they believed and changed their minds. And Jesus drops the mic and he walks off. (laughs) So other than that really sick burn at the end, uh, what makes this parable so good? Why should we not edit this out? Why is this something that we need to talk about? Now, there are probably a couple sermons we can get out of this. 
But I think one of the reasons this parable is so good is that it confronts us with a truth that we all know is true, but none of us would ever dare say aloud, especially in church. And that truth is this. Jesus is kind of annoying. I mean, he is kind of annoying, isn't he? Not only is he always with us and always in our hearts, but he rarely gives a straight-up answer. He's always talking in riddles. He's always challenging our worldview and assumptions with his whole, you've heard it said, now I tell you this. There's that constant reminder to turn the other cheek and not only pray for, but love your enemies. There is the call, which I'm pretty sure he's serious about, to sell everything you have and give it all to the poor. There's a call to welcome in the marginalized and work for justice for the oppressed. And that's just getting us started. Anyone know what we're talking about? And anyone with me on this? It's okay. We can name it here. This is a safe place. We can name it. Jesus can be annoying. He's annoying because he's always pushing us out of our comfort zones. He's always calling us to cross boundaries, both the ones inside us and outside of us. He's always inviting us into new ways of understanding what it means to be human and alive in this world and into a way of life that completely and totally turns everything upside down. And it can all add up and just get to the point where we just want to say, but we never say aloud, dude, enough already. Just leave me alone. Are you with me? And I think, I think this is why when we look at the stories of meek and mild Jesus, the Jesus of grace and love and compassion, the Jesus surrounded by children and offering words of comfort, we go, now that's a Jesus we should talk about. Now that's a Jesus we should sing some songs about. That's a Jesus I can follow. But when annoying Jesus comes around, when risky and pointed Jesus comes around, the stories like this one, that Jesus is always calling us into new and difficult things, that Jesus who questions our habits and our impulses, we tend to get a bit hesitant. We get a bit uneasy. We look for a different story to preach about because this Jesus, he's not easy to take, is he? This Jesus is, is kind of uncomfortable, isn't he? He's so demanding. There's so much, there's too much cost and sacrifice involved. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I'm sure a lot of us do. It's a pretty natural and understandable reaction. Because if we're honest, the kind of stuff the annoying Jesus is talking about, it isn't really the kind of faith and spirituality we want, is it? We want one full of beautiful and true things like God's grace and God's love, but one that really never confronts us or challenges us too much with hard questions and messy issues. But here's the thing. And no, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else. As hard as they may be to hear, it's the stories of the annoying Jesus that we really need to pay attention to and spend some time with. Because they open up a truth of the faith and spiritual here practicing together as the church. 
a truth that can be really hard to hear and digest, and a truth at the center of one of the greatest rock songs ever written. You can't always get what you want. The tension that we as Christians, as people who are trying to find a new way of being human and alive in the world through Jesus, that we have to live within, is between the the faith and spirituality we want and the faith and the spirituality that we get. We want a faith and spirituality that makes us feel good and feel comfortable, that reassures and protects, that lets us know that God is always with us. And that's good, that's beautiful, that's lovely, and that is something we do get from the faith and spirituality of Christ. And that is why we love those stories of meek and mild Jesus. But the thing that we have to know, and the thing that we always have to push ourselves on, is there's a whole other aspect over here of our faith and spirituality. There's a whole other dimension to it that we get. One that if we're going to do this well, and we're going to do this right, that we need to embrace, however difficult and uncomfortable as it may be. And it's the part that the annoying Jesus leads us into. This life of being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Of being caught up in what God is doing in this world. A life that looks past our own personal preferences and needs and wants for the sake of our community, our neighbors, and our world. A life of growth and transformation, of becoming whole. A life that lets love lead us out of our comfort zones and safe places into new and wild places towards that world that was always meant to be. We need to talk about this parable because this parable opens up for us a spiritual task that's really difficult but really important. And that's embracing the whole, embracing all of Jesus, both sides of him. The spiritual task is for us to become people who, perhaps reluctantly, perhaps even after initially saying no, choose to courageously step out and follow that gracious and loving and compassionate but annoying Jesus into things that are new, into things that are wild, into things that may be uncomfortable and we don't fully understand, but we step out nevertheless and say yes to a faith and a spirituality that turns our lives and world upside down. Because it's there. We take both of these things and we do the hard work of living in that tension, embracing both of them. It's in following all of Jesus in practicing changing our minds and believing and stepping out in faith and letting our need for comfort and control not take over. It's there that we can find the life and world we're looking for. It's there we can find what it means to be the church and find the life that God is calling us into. Amen.